0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Hey, everyone. This is Zach Inevich, assistant business manager of IBW Local 98 North, with your home run tip from your hometown team. For your next construction project in the suburbs, trust your electrical needs to the highly trained, masterfully skilled electricians of IBW Local 98 North. Knock your next electrical project out of the park. Call Local 98 North today at 610-489-389 or visit us at ibw98.org.
1: Now, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show, with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Gierdano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen from around the Delaware Valley, uh, sitting in for Krause in the big chair. This is J. Doc. Uh, we've got a phenomenal show tonight. Uh, lots going on around the Delaware Valley. Uh, having said that, the first thing I want to do is shout out and congratulate uh, the leadership and the members of TW Local 234 uh, for coming to an agreement this week with SEPTA on a fair contract uh, and, and of course, averting a strike, uh, which uh, certainly the, the leadership and the members did not want. And so, uh, the, the the Delaware Valley, there's a there's a sigh of relief there. The one thing I do want to say, I'll, I'll mention that I'll just touch on it, is um, they got you know, some good stuff going on here. I mean, the the, the members get a three... Uh, 3% annual raise in each of the uh, two years of the contract as well as a one-time pandemic hazard bonus uh, and of course, $1 for each hour work between 2015, 2020 and March 15th. So uh, lots, uh, Willie Brown said he was very pleased uh, that they were able to come to uh, to terms without without a strike. So uh, shout out to everybody. Uh, congratulations. And I think the big winners, of course, are the city of Philadelphia and, and, and the commuters. So especially our kids and the teachers and uh, all the students so uh, congratulations there and, and uh, as we segue we've got a fantastic show tonight we have uh, one of our region's most high profile labor leaders John McNesby who's president at Fraternal Order of Police Slodge 5 uh, Amy Needle executive director uh, at, the t- at the at the midpoint during the show his, uh, of Historic Philadelphia and of course Philadelphia City Commissioner Lisa Dealey who's going to be talking about the upcoming general election right now I'd like to bring in to the broadcast uh, the president of FOP 5 John Mcnesby John how are you sir good how are you i'm um, great man it's always great to have you on the program uh first before we start and, and go into anything if you would uh tell us the medical condition of i know one of your officers was attacked and shot in the leg uh just this past tuesday in overbrook uh can you give us a little update there
1: yeah luckily uh luckily we're not planning a funeral now he um, I believe he was slated to get released today, and um, he was very lucky. It just shows the how quick things can turn uh, in a heartbeat in a situation like that. Uh, they went to the house, and he was attacked uh, with um, a hammer and a pick. Uh, both the officers there, they were, they were forced outside, um, and the assailant was on top of him uh, swinging the hammer, and uh, his partner responded, both responded with gunfire, and... Uh, um, killing the assailant, and I um, mean, in the, mean, uh, in, the in, in the midst of everything, uh, he was shot in the leg, um, and also received some wounds to the head from the hammer. But uh, luckily, he'll be okay and make a full recovery.
2: Well, our thoughts and prayers to the officer, of course, and uh, these are unprecedented times, John. Um, just yeah, they sure are. I mean, the, the homicide and gun related violence in the city of Philadelphia, the rates are at, at record near record highs, at least. Uh, and uh, as well as, you know, the, the, the morale, you know, for the officers out on the street. Um, and you, you talk about being in the line of fire. Uh, it's not just on the job, which is obviously terrifying enough. Uh, it, you know, it's it's in, you know, it's it's uh, the sentiment by a, a lot of individuals and uh it, one of those things in, in, that we're dealing with in the city of Philadelphia is, um, you know, there are issues, obviously, with these homicide rates, the violence. What do you, what do you attribute, um, you know, these high rates of crime and the homicide rates? Because it's just unbelievable. You can't go a night and certainly a weekend uh, without, uh, you know, mass murder coming, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the headlines of uh, of the news.
1: Yeah, it's it's really uh it's it's you could say alarming, but it's this has been going on way too long. And like I said in the beginning, I mean morale is low. It's not the it's not a popular um profession to be in right now, that of a police officer. Um but those that are out there are doing a good job. They're taking more guns off the street than than ever before. Um and there's not and I say this all the time, there's not a whole lot of people committing a whole lot of crime in Philly. It's a small amount committing a whole lot of crime, and they're the ones that know that there's no repercussions on them. They're going to be able to walk right out the back door. Uh, there's no fear of carrying a gun, uh, and there's no fear, unfortunately, of shooting somebody else and taking taking someone's life, uh, and that's alarming. We're, at, we're, we're leading the league in homicides, and that's something you don't want to be number one in. Uh, of course, nobody would want to be number one in that uh, category, but we are. Um, and it looks like we're on pace to have more than we've had in close to 20 years. <clears throat> and that's that's concerning. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, with the person sitting over in the district attorney's office and uh, his lenient policies and uh, his way of thinking. So, um, you know, I don't know, you know, we have a seven-to-one um, Democratic edge in, in Philadelphia, and I don't see him leaving office this Tuesday, but... Right. The fact of the matter is, is that there's, there's got to be better cooperation with, uh, with him and the police department, with the U.S. Attorney's Office, with the Attorney General's Office. And right now, he's just out doing what he wants to do, and that's why you're seeing, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of people leaving the District Attorney's Office. The turnover rate's high. Um, you're seeing some of the policies, some of the sweetheart deals that are quietly being done at the bar of the court, and people that shouldn't be on the streets of Philadelphia. Uh, out there committing crime. Now, um, you know you got you got people out there that just shouldn't be. Sometimes people commit crimes and they need to be put in jail. That's why they're there. I mean, they're not good for society. And, and today in Philadelphia, they're they're walking the streets and and feeling free to be able to do uh, exactly whatever they need to do in order to uh, protect their trade. So I mean, as much of a business this is of protecting the citizens. At the city of Philadelphia and and keeping them safe. It's a business to them to be able to, to, you know, to bring the money into their trade. So, you know, we got a, we got a big, big work to do out there on the streets and uh, we're out there doing it with, uh, you know, less people than we ever had prior. That's, that's, that's a problem also. So,
2: I mean, I've heard that sentiment uh, from, (sighs) from some of the men and women in blue. and, And having said that, um, how do we change this? What, you know, that, I've never seen such a divide, obviously, uh, from our police department, our, our, our police union and the district attorney's office. And honestly, John, you know, you mentioned the seven to one ratio there. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any change anytime soon in regards to, um, you know, the two, the three entities. Uh, what right. needs what needs to happen here?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, without cooperation from from the district attorney, with the other uh, with the other agencies, not much is going to get done. I mean, it, on you know, when they're out in front of the cameras and uh, the press, it seems like you know the, everything's fine. But behind behind closed doors, his policies are just literally uh, shredding the city apart. And um, you know, I mean, what can you do more than you know? You got a mayor that's out there, the police commissioner's out there. They're trying to do what they need to do, but they need to. I think, take a bigger stand against him. And I think you're starting to see that now. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, we have to get the word out. Just keep our officers have to just keep doing the job, taking the guns off the street and uh, pressing forward. And and hopefully things will turn around. I mean, I could see it, you know, talk to me a year ago and, you you know, during all the protests and all the civil unrest. And you saw, you know, this was just, you know, you just you didn't know what to do. Now it's starting to come back. People are starting to realize, hey, man, we need the police. I mean, there was never a call here in Philadelphia to defund the police. So that was always a positive thing. Uh, around the country, those um, counties, those cities that, and states that were calling for defund the police are now calling for the police to defund it. Uh, they realize, you know, you need police out there without us. You know, without the men and women in blue, there's 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 nothing left. So, um, you know, if that continues on, I think we'll be you know, we'll be able to get a better track of that. But we need boots on the street. We need officers out there. Uh, We need to know that when someone calls 911 from their home and that's the most distressing time, probably that they're calling. You know, you don't call 911 to say hello and see how things are. You call 911 because you need a cop. And right now, when you're dialing 911, it may be a while before you get a police officer at your home.
2: You know it's interesting because we've had uh city activists on on the program, and um uh, stereotypically people would think that it would, would 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 be gang violence and all gangs and drugs um and certainly that's a big part of 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 crime and 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 the shootings and all those things but it's not just them i mean we've we've heard from some of the um some of the you know the community leaders that Uh, In many cases, it's young people settling things from social media. That you know, arguments that are going on social media, and their first, uh, you know, their 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 first option is to grab a gun and 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 deal with it in you know in in ways that we couldn't have even imagined years ago. Uh,
1: Right. What is your thought on that? I mean, it's bad. It's really. Did look at a couple weeks ago in, outside of Lincoln High School, a 60 year old guy just driving by was uh, aimlessly hit in the head and, and killed due to the fact that there was an argument over social media amongst high school students. So uh, that is, you know, back in the day when you had a disagreement with somebody and you wound up going in the schoolyard and banging it out or whatever. Now they're, yeah. they're literally banging it out with a, with a gun and, or, uh, you know, some kind of uh retaliatory uh, action that's, that's literally, you know, killing people. And, uh, you know, I don't know where you start. I mean, you got programs out there. I mean, they're trying to do everything they can to, have after-school programs, to have uh, different leagues going, to have, you know, mentoring, to have, you know, you got clergy involved. and um, You know, I don't know what that answer is rather than, you know, you, we have to at some point go back to policing where we go out there and we are able to remove these guns. I mean, it's really, you know, it's really not hard. You can't be pulling a gun in a crowd then walking away with probation or low bail or no bail at all. Uh, you, once that, uh, once that um, process is seen as not working anymore and you're going to see some time in jail, that'll change. I mean, people will start to realize, yo, you know, just as they see, you know, right now, when you have, um, you know, a couple weeks back, a couple months back, I'm sorry, a big raid in the, uh, in, in the city of Philadelphia on the drug organization and uh, they didn't seem like they were worried at all, the, the people inside the house, and until they found that it wasn't, you know, the Philadelphia police conducting that raid. It was uh, a, a joint effort with the Attorney General's office and a few other agencies, where they realized, uh oh, you know, I'm, you know, this ain't this isn't going to be a deal with Larry Krasner. This is going to be a deal with uh, with either Josh Shapiro or the uh, U.S. Attorney's office, and you know, then then they started sweating. Because they know that they have a real chance of seeing some time in jail, and uh, that's uh, that's concerning when that when that's out there on the street and it's known on the street and um, the nickname that he has would let you know let him out, Larry. I mean, who wants that? You know, that's not a good thing for uh, for anybody in the citizen, uh, especially for the citizens here in, in in the city where they they expect to be safe in their own homes.
2: And and, and it's interesting because you mentioned obviously getting the guns off the streets. Um, I, I do a pastor 's show uh, a couple times a month it 's a podcast and one of the pastors uh, we' were obviously that that topic of of uh, the shootings and and you know the epidemic proportions at which at which it happens one of the things you know common sense gun control and all those things people throw that around and there 's always a debate uh, having said that, one of the issues in my opinion is that these particular guns are not registered. So in other words, uh, you know, the, the guns that are, and, and it came from the pastor's mouth, and I, we had a conversation, and the pastor said, well, the, the, the guns that are registered are typically not the ones committing, you know, being used during the crimes. Uh, what are solutions for those particular areas? Because all the legislation in the world can't stop that.
1: Right. I mean, we have um, we have a wonderful cooperation with the in-city the here, um, and the DA's office is included in it, and you got to give them credit there. Uh, along with um, along with the Attorney General's office and the Gun Violence Task Force, they've done more in the last two years than, than probably the last ten combined. So, I think, uh, you know, that being said, you beef that up with some legislation uh, that's funded through, uh, through Harrisburg, so that's that's a good program there. I think you need to utilize your uh, special units in the city of Philadelphia to concentrate on, on different areas. I think they have a good mapping system to be able to show where these crimes are being committed, uh, where to deploy the press now, which is which is always a positive thing. But uh, the bottom line is, is once you get this, once you get that gun, once you get that body, that there has to be some kind of uh, um, threat to that person that, you know, you do this again and you're, you know, you're going to be spending some time. I mean, there's no reason for people with four or five open cases uh, for criminal activity to be, to be walking the streets in the city. I mean, I understand bail reform. I understand prison reform where somebody shouldn't be, you know, spending a year because they have a $500 bail that they can't post to get out. For, for stealing change from a car. I get it, it's still a crime. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, some of these people uh, need, to, need to stay in jail and, uh, and and be held accountable for their actions. Um, and right now, you know, we're seeing very little of that. Uh, All right, girl, so John... Sh- the it was girl was shot, Dad. A- Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm
2: sorry. No, no, finish up.
1: There was a girl that was shot in the Somerton section, um, and, and they didn't. The DA's office declined to prosecute because she was in a coma. So I, I think that you know now they switched that around. Somebody got to them, and now they processed the uh, the arrest. But I mean, things like that, we shouldn't be doing two and three, four times to try and get somebody to stay in jail.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to go to break, pay some bills. We're going to have more with John Mcnesby on the Labor Show after the break.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades DC21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk. I'll be to it, not just because
2: I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-Labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on a beautiful Saturday evening. Uh, we are an hour earlier tonight because of Penn State football. Uh, welcome back to the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause. In the big chair for Krause, this is Jay Doc. Uh, our guest is high-profile uh, labor leader John McNesby's the president of Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 5. Uh, to say he's got his hands full is the understatement of the century. Having said that, uh, John, uh, the social justice movement, um, since it's become front page news, uh, how has policing changed? Uh, so much going on. Uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it seems like we're on the front page uh, almost every day for things that um, that go on. You know, you know, in the
1: communities. Yeah, I think that uh, it's tra- it's changed tremendously. I think that uh, now you're seeing the police. A lot more involved in the community. You're seeing them in schools. You're seeing them uh, mentoring younger kids that are in playgrounds. Uh, the community relations unit and the community relations officers around the, the city are doing a great job in in trying to teach the kids. You know, the guns are, are not good. That their unit, the, the drug uh, um, unit, are all you know working in cooperation. There's a lot of money coming into the city for anti anti violence uh, programs. Uh, but then again, I think a lot of it starts at home with the parenting. Uh, you know, let these, let your kids know, you know, guns are no good. They see a parent doing it, they're going to think it's okay. So, um, I think that, um, Other than that, I mean, we're still out there every day, 24 hours a day, trying to protect the community. And I think we're doing it under different circumstances. I think that uh, our equipment, our training, trainings is is there. The equipment, um, we could use a really shot in the arm with that. Um, There's a lot of different things here that we're lacking in Philly. um, And and hopefully, you know, we'll get some of that back. I just saw, you know, with the tasers the other day. I was just going to
2: ask about that. What's What's your thoughts there?
1: I mean, it's a positive thing. I mean, if you're going to give an officer another tool rather than the revert right to their gun, then, you know, that's great. You know, they're not always, uh, operable in the way they should be. I mean, just the other day, we talked about the, uh, the injury, uh, to the officer and being shot that they did use a taser. It didn't work. Uh, sometimes they don't work. So sometimes there's no other choice, but you know, rather than, um, then you know, rush to judgment on the officer. I just wish that, uh, people would wait for the actual facts to come out before they you know start the protesting and all the stuff and then uh you know they realize that the officer was doing exactly what he was supposed to do what he was trained to do and uh, protecting not only himself but uh but the citizens of Philadelphia.
2: What do you think the media's role is in this uh, and, uh you know it seems to hit uh the front page uh in 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 the in the in in interesting slant every time something
1: happens. Yes, um, yeah, you think? I mean, that's what you get when you have a bankrupt paper in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, we have, uh, you know, w- w- you just take for us, for, for for example, what we do here at the FOP. Uh, and since I've taken over in '07, we we've done a lot more in the community than ever before. We started a reward program where you don't have to wait for the arrest, the prosecution, the appeal process. You bring a person in today, you're paid. Uh, we've solved a number of uh High profile uh, of crimes and a high profile hit and runs, especially on kids, uh, and you don't see anything about that printed. Uh, you, you, we go out and we talk about uh, you know w- w- what we do for you know our co- our kids programs. We just sent kids to a Six Flags Great Adventure. We we uh, furnish iPads to different schools. We have a trick or treat. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We have a trick or treat. Uh, event coming up um tomorrow we have also um you know what we do in schools what we do for uh, backpack giveaways at the beginning of schools you don't see any of that um so they're not out there to show the police i believe in a in a good light by the way
2: how do we change that narrative and what what do what do you want people to know about the the, the men and women in blue that are out there every day that they don't see on the front page
1: well like i say all the time is we don't go to work every day people officers male female whatever race you are they don't leave their house every day looking to, to to take a life uh sometimes it happens not very often uh we don't look to you know we look to protect the city we look to protect the citizens and you know they're doing it under very very uh um uh stressed conditions to put it lightly um, and I think uh, they're doing a great job, and I think that they need the support of the community. And I, and I think that most places now are are backing the officers. We have a lot of people out there, a lot of clergies, a lot of uh, civic associations that are supporting the police and seeing exactly what we're doing. And I think that's a good thing. Like I said, that's turning tide with uh, with us getting, you know, make, making sure that we get what we need to get. And I think uh, it's it's getting out there. But it's it's a slow trickle. It's not a it's not a flood. So we have to uh, continue to push away and continue to press and continue to do what we're doing. John Mcnesby, president of
2: FOP Five. As always, we appreciate your time and and uh, keep doing what you're doing for your members.
1: You got it, Joe. Thank you,
2: man. My pleasure. Uh, we are going to have more from the labor show with Jay Doc and Krause after the break.
0: This edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542.
1: We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back we're back with the. Uh at the Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause, and, and uh, this is Jay Dock in, in, in the driver's seat for Krause. Lots going on in the city of Philadelphia. I want to thank John McNesby for being our guest in the first half hour of the broadcast. I'm ecstatic to bring into the broadcast Amy Needle, who's the executive director of Historic Philadelphia. Amy, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's, it's our pleasure. and if you would uh, start by uh, if you would let the audience know uh, your role with Historic Philadelphia and the tourist attractions that you uh, are responsible for and represent.
3: Sure. Um, so Historic Philadelphia is a nonprofit organization and we run the Betsy Ross House. Uh, we run Franklin Square, which is the seven acre park um, right at Sixth and Race Street. Uh, and we run Once Upon a Nation, um, all the storytelling and tours that happen uh, during sort of a normal summer. <laughs> um, and and Franklin Square, um, the Organi- Historic Philadelphia actually renovated um, 15 years ago, and now you know operates uh, the amusement oasis that it is currently.
2: So obviously, like you alluded to, the, the pandemic has wreaked havoc on the city's tourism and hospitality industry. How has historic Philadelphia managed to, to survive the worst of it? And, and do you see signs of hope for the return of tourism and hospitality in, in the city?
3: Yeah, well, we really do. I mean, obviously, I think everyone is hopeful, right? Um, and, and even um, this summer and, and fall, we we definitely saw more people traveling and, and more people coming back. And, and it's really our hope that um, come spring um, we'll see field trips again and we'll see, you know, summer um, visitation and and people really traveling and planning their summer vacations back to Philadelphia. Um, but it was really hard. Um, I think, you know, obviously uh, so much has been reported on um, all the different um businesses that were affected. I'm not sure that they really talk so much about the hospitality industry. And in particular, you know, a lot of what we do um, is really like first person interpretation. And and obviously that couldn't happen. Sure. Um, it couldn't happen, you know, obviously the first summer of the pandemic. And, and we really even had to scale back um, this past summer just because when you're planning something like that, you, you don't really know. <laughs> um, and, and so much of us, you know, we didn't know what, what was going to happen. And um, so, you know, that, that was really challenging. Um, obviously, you know, all of, you know, the sites were, were shut down, um, you know, in, in March when, when every when the city shut down um, with Franklin square, we were lucky um, that, you know, in the following July, um, as soon as, you know, the city regulations were put in place for, you know, outdoor places, we were able to safely reopen Franklin Square with obviously lots of different um, social distancing signage and and changing the way we operate. Um, and that was great because we always knew that Franklin Square was a very special place. Um, but I think we learned that how important you know all of the green spaces in Philadelphia are to people's physical and mental health and how much that was needed at the time and and we heard lots of different stories about that from from visitors um, and so that was you know we were really grateful that we were able to operate Franklin Square when you know so many museums still weren't able to open sure. um, and then uh, you know the the we were able to open um, the Reopen the Betsy Ross House. Uh, I guess it, that following, you know, that August, and then of course things shut down again. So you know, it, it's been a it's been a rough haul, but we are, you know, continuing to be optimistic and and hope, to, you know, that people also in Philadelphia will take the opportunity to visit some of these. Um, Gems that we have, both in the historic district and on the Parkway, you know, during this time, because you know they probably haven't visited them for for a while. Uh,
2: of 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 the people that visit the sites, uh, what percentage are actually uh, from Philadelphia in the Philadelphia area?
3: Well, so it's really interesting. So because we operate a couple of different places, um, we normally think that the Betsy Ross House is about 80% tourist, 20% residential. And the Betsy Ross House over the past few years have actually done some really fun things specifically for residents like we do a First Friday movie series um, that happens uh, summer months through October. We actually just had our last one but we have a Christmas uh, tree lighting there and a Hanukkah celebration. And so there are now specific events that, you know, we really gear towards um, residents. But Franklin Square is really opposite. So Franklin Square is about 80% residential and 20% tourist. Um, And, you know, I think that one of the things that we had hoped would happen is, you know, after uh, visitors would you know, explore the historic district that Franklin Square would be sort of the, you know, once you've sort of taken your kids through all that history, Franklin Square is a place where you can like run around and and unwind a little bit. And so that happens. But we also think it's great that, you know, it's such a residential park and, and, you know, kids come and play and, you know, and, and adults come and play. And it's, yeah, and it's you know really it's great. awesome.
2: You know, being from Philadelphia, yeah, I, my wife worked in the historic district for fifteen years, and I drove past it a hundred times. I mean, not a hundred, a thousand. And I can tell you this. <laughs> One day we decided to, and of course we, uh, you know, grew up in Philadelphia, so we uh, field trips and all those things to the historic uh, area. But I, I would say this: uh, one day we decided to take a, a, a visit, just to walk over from where she worked. And I got to tell you, I mean, we are so spoiled here; we are so fortunate. And if people uh, are not, you know, at least making it a, a part of what they do. Uh, you know, it, it, it's scheduled. If, if you're not going to schedule it on a regular basis, at least take advantage of these opportunities because it's it's such a special place. It's so incredible. Uh, talk about with, with, with the holiday season coming up. Uh, you know, Franklin Square always lights up for the season. Uh, tell our audience a little bit about uh, some of the exciting features they can expect for the holidays uh, when everything starts. Absolutely. Well, and I think what
3: you said is is what we hear a lot that people obviously drive by Franklin Square a lot you know obviously a lot of people drive by it on their way to the bridge um, and they you know drive past it often um, but I think like you many people haven't actually been in and i think once you get there it is pretty amazing it's seven and a half acres which again doesn't seem that way when you're driving by it right. um and it really is this amazing oasis and I mean, we have some trees that have been there for a really long time and um when you're in it you don't feel like you're surrounded by traffic um it really is a very um special sort of urban oasis um but, yes, the holidays are coming up, um, and we do a lot of um, really fun events for the holidays, uh, including um, the Electrical Spectacle Light Show, um, which will be going up next week. Right. Um, we kick it off on... No,
2: I was going to yeah. say, local, local 98 has a special affinity and labor uh, for that uh, particular, for the, for the Electrical Spectacle Holiday Light Show.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roovers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause in the driver's seat for Krause. This is Jay Dock. Great show tonight. Fantastic. Started off with... uh, John McNesby, president of FOP five. Um, great conversation with one of our region's highest profile labor leaders, sure has his hands full for sure. Uh and of course Amy Needle of Historic Philadelphia, uh city of Philadelphia. Uh, is obviously in our historic uh, district is, is just unprecedented. And uh, we're so fortunate to have such great leadership down there, but also that the holiday events they're having, uh, not only is it great for out of towners that come in and don't get this opportunity, but we should take advantage of every opportunity we get to get down there uh, to enjoy our our nation's history. Uh, Having said that uh, I'm I'm ecstatic. We have a big election coming up uh, on November 2nd and, and certainly um, you know, we, we, in labor it's such a uh, important the voting process is such an important part of of what we do but as Americans um, voting is is uh is what it's all about and so having said that i i'm, I'm ecstatic to bring into the broadcast Fol up your city commissioner Lisa Dealey. how are you Lisa hi good evening guys how
4: are
2: we doing we're doing great it's actually um th- it's not the plural tonight j doc that me in i'm in the i'm in the driver's seat w- for Crousey's, uh taking the night off, uh, well deserved uh, <laughs> night off, and so it's it's just you and I, Lisa. It's just so, me and you. Okay. That's right. Against the world. Having said that, um, well, it's, it's my pleasure. It's it, it's it's my pleasure. The pleasure is mine, and we have a a big election, uh, a general election on Tuesday, November second, uh, this Tuesday. Uh, is the city ready? And what is your message to voters?
4: So we are ready. We have set the table and we are ready for the guests. Uh, election day is November the 2nd. We want every Philadelphian to make a plan uh, to get out and vote. If you haven't already uh, applied for and voted by mail, you have an opportunity to vote in person on Tuesday, November the 2nd. We have actually more polling locations open uh, for this election than we did last year. Uh, because we've, we've gotten a lot of, of opportunity to reopen some places that have been closed to us due to COVID. So we encourage all your listeners, uh, to go to PhiladelphiaVotes.com, click on the link that says voters, find their polling place, make a plan, and be a voter. And if you are a voter and you still have your mail in ballot, don't procrastinate, get it back to us. We have we have Dropbox locations all throughout the city that can also be found on our website. They're open and available 24 hours, seven days a week, but we need them back before Tuesday at 8 p.m. So if you still have your mail-in ballot, I would say do not put it in the mail because we will not get it back in time. Uh, use one of our Dropbox locations that are can be found on philadelphiavotes.com. You know, Krause would have great Uh, Joe, what a great great opportunity for me to come on after Amy Needle when she just talked about the historic district in Philadelphia and it's election day on Tuesday. The history of this country started right here, and our democracy was founded right here. So we know Philadelphia knows its job on Tuesday, and we know the job is to get out, let your voice be heard, and your vote be counted.
2: You know, voter confidence is so important, and, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to, to the mail-in ballot and, of course, to come down and, and exercise your privilege, um, you know, in person. What what do you expect as far as uh, a percentage? Uh, are there projections in regards to uh, how many people percentage-wise will come in person or, and or a mail-in ballot? You
4: know, it's hard to say because we never voted before uh, in this cycle Having the, the opportunity to vote by mail with no excuse, so it's kind of it's very hard for us to draw any predictions based on our, all the new opportunities voters have. But we do know historically uh, this is the lowest turnout election in the cycle, the DA controller municipal election. Um, so we don't we don't expect um, you know that that would change, but we do expect uh, that we'll see a greater percentage of people vote uh, because. This is really an important election for so many reasons. But one of the main reasons is that we're getting a chance to vote um, for for our judges from the highest court in the state all the way down to municipal court. And, you know, everybody shares a piece of that, and it's really important that people pay attention to who the judges are. You know, when you're thinking about workers' rights, women's rights, voting rights, it all, it all is determined uh, in the courts. So uh, pay attention, be a participant. Uh, never before have we seen uh, such a stark uh, action and participation in all the courts when it comes to uh, our elections. So it makes your voice and your vote even more important uh, this election to play a part. And make sure you get out and vote. Do you want to vote and, for and those it, uh, state? Of- you know
2: what, what's interesting was we had your fellow city commissioner uh, Omar Sabir on last week, and um, a big part of your job uh, is is promoting the, the you know voting in general, um, and 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 the process, and and getting out there, and and obviously making it possible for people to vote. Uh, as a city commissioner, uh, talk about how important that is to you. Uh, you know.
4: I can tell you that when I first was elected, I voting was a lot different. We we basically we wrote, we got the machines ready, we rolled them out, we put them on the street, people voted, we took them back, and we counted the votes. So now we have uh, we're basically running three elections at the same time. We're running the in-person election, the mail-in voting election, and mail-in in-person voting, which is uh, which was occurring at City Hall uh, leading up to leading up to last week, and you know last year we had solid offices throughout the city. It, it voting has taken a completely historic um, change in Pennsylvania, and certainly in Philadelphia, with so many opportunities, and it's so much easier to do it, and it, there's just so much more opportunities. And I'm just working hard uh, to make sure that philadelphians can vote with the same ease and familiarity by mail that they do uh, in person and they should know that no matter how they choose to vote whether in by mail or in person that they can trust the integrity of the vote and they can trust the process and that their vote will be uh, cast and counted fairly uh, by the county board of elections
2: and, and, and talk about the polling places one more time. Uh, if if people are used to going to specific polling places, I know with with COVID, um, you know, a, a while obviously when it, at the onset of it, um, you know, nursing homes and, and, and locations that used to be available, uh, they took them off the uh, off the uh, the schedule at that time. How about now? Where are we? Are the regular are all the regular voting uh, places polling places uh, up and running? So,
4: so we are not fully back yet, but we are. Uh, we are seeing uh, some a lot of them come back. So some nursing homes um, have allowed us to come back. Some have not. Um, we are able to get into some uh, churches, banquet halls that were closed that are now reopened to us. So anybody um, that their polling location has changed from the primary to November will receive or should have received a postcard in the mail from us. But we always say uh, to make a plan. So either call our office at 215-686-3460 or go online at philadelphiavotes.com and find out where your polling place is for Tuesday uh, so that you know where you're going. Uh, Most of the time, if if you voted uh, in a school or in a rec center, you know, you're going to find that you're still voting in the same place. uh, Unless your rec center is under construction, maybe, you know, you'll be moved. But if you're if you were moved this time, you should have gotten a postcard in the mail. But uh, if you're not sure, or just to be double extra careful and have a good plan in place, uh, we always recommend you go on philadelphiavotes.com, check your polling place, or give us a call at two one five six eight six.
2: So having said that, <clears throat> additional provisions, what, <clears throat> what has your office done uh, to ensure the public safety at the polls since we, we are still dealing with a COVID uh, pandemic uh, at this time?
4: Yeah, so we have worked closely with the Philadelphia Department of Health, and we put uh, COVID protocols in place. We have uh, barriers that are up. We have hand sanitizer we have gloves, we have masks, uh, and we are asking the voters to, uh, you know, have a mask on when they come in to vote. And we're just doing everything we can uh, to keep people as safe as possible, you know, trying to limit the number of people all in one space at one time, uh, keeping, you know, uh, keeping an eye on the lines and how many people are in are in the buildings. But we have, uh, you know, hand sanitizer, We have uh, gloves. We have, uh, like I said, barriers up uh, to protect our election board workers, who are certainly the backbones of every election. Um, And hopefully, you know, we've been very fortunate uh, since last June in that first primary up until now. One thing I could tell you, and you already know this, but I'll say it. Philadelphians are just true champions, and they're very resilient. Um, they have they have just stepped up to the plate with all the changes in voting, and they've just continued to come out and continued with their same passion uh, to vote and let their voice be heard. So, all right, uh, so, let, I'm, so I'm hoping for a nice turnout on Tuesday. Hopefully, awesome. the weather will cooperate yeah. and it'll be great.
2: Well, we'll make some calls there, Lisa Marie Dealey, uh Thank, Philadelphia City Commissioner. Thanks so much for all you do. We're November second. Get out the vote, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank everybody for tuning into The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. On behalf of Krause, on behalf of John Mcnesme, uh, and, and, and of course, on behalf of Amy Needle and City Commissioner Lisa Dewey, I'm Jay Doc. Thanks so much for tuning in.
0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.